Never forced, never coursed. Open discussions about things in life that matter to you most. From tech to TV, movies, and gaming, and everything in between. Visit voluntaryinput.com to subscribe, contact us, and find out how you can support the show. Catch new episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Voluntary Input. Well, Robert, I want to thank you for coming on tonight. How are you doing, sir? Uh, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Um, it's been a long, long week, and I'm just I'm I'm ready for this. And actually, I'm not ready for this because <laughs> I, I guess yeah, it was uh, when I got the first email. It said 7 p.m. and I'm thinking, okay, 7 p.m. Leave work at four, five o'clock. I'm ready to pick up my daughter, rush home, make some dinner, get everything ready. And then all of a sudden, I was like, wait a minute. That's not 7 o'clock Eastern. It's 8 o'clock Eastern. I got a whole other hour to kill. <laughs> well, that brings, us, that brings us to the question, where are you located then? Uh, I'm in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. So, yep. yeah, we're. I mean, this is Cincinnati, Ohio. So, I think we're on the same time, or is that... Um, or you were at an hour an hour i'm an hour ahead an hour ahead okay got it got it man that that time zone stuff it's it sometimes confusing it's confusing uh we've had some crazy storms here i don't know if you guys are going to get them next but they tend to go northeast so i don't know if yep. they'll swing through pennsylvania or not but it was a yeah, little rough like it, uh, yeah they're already forecasting high winds for the weekend it's going to be a good mother's day <laughs> well, for us, it's going to be clear because we just got it today. So, so you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. And not to mention, we just had a quick little conversation about your last name. Can you pronounce that for everyone? How? What is it? <laughs> it's Notar Francesco. And you were explaining that that's an Italian name. I've never heard an Italian yep. name. It is an Italian name. And... I always got, how did you learn to spell it? It must have taken you forever. And <laughs> honestly, no, it didn't. Um, but it's been the butt of many jokes growing up uh, until I got to high school. And then all of a sudden, I had teachers who would shorten the name. So it became Notar for the longest time. Notar. I had one teacher who decided she was going to add syllables to it. I don't know where these extra letters were coming from, but go for it. And then I got to my current place of employment and they decided you know what I'm not even going to try to pronounce it we're going to call you alphabet <laughs> alphabet i love it i love it i probably would have done something similar i would have probably just called you notar because that actually kind of sounds like a superhero name in my opinion and speaking I, of, I like it yeah yeah and speaking of which you know i can always since the nerdum the fellow the fellow nerds i see that you got you got yourself the the avengers infinity glove hanging back there on the wall yeah yeah you know i should probably uh change his uh, finger <laughs> yeah, it's there the, the middle the finger podcast. you know the people listening to audio only they can't see it it was the middle <laughs> finger and uh, <laughs> i mean thanos would have done that though i mean considering what happened of course he would put that finger up so <laughs> I, that's how the snap should have ended it should have ended he was like oh my beep <laughs> so anyway we got together um and it, I always feel kind of silly saying this, you know, we kind of connected through the internet, through Twitter. Be, and I feel kind of silly saying that anymore is because I feel like pretty much, I think that's the norm anyway, nowadays. Uh, someone once said, 
when I was younger, my parents told me not to talk to strangers on the internet. And now the majority of my friends are people that I only know on the internet. So, yeah. And so that's how you and I kind of connected. Uh, and before we dive deeper into that, can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and what you do? Oh, what don't I do? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Jack of all trades, master of none, essentially. Um, growing up, I just knew I wanted to do something in computers, but I never could figure out what exactly I wanted to do. It turns out I wanted to do everything. Yep. So, yeah, uh, got lucky neighbor of mine growing up. Um, I say neighbor of mine, but he was 20 years my elder. He worked for Cisco and all these other uh, major companies, really smart dude. And I would pick his brain like, hey, I'm trying to set up this new router. How do I do this? How do I do that? Finally, I guess he got tired of asking me asking questions and said, you know what? Just come work with me. Come hang out with me. I'm not going to pay you, but I'll teach you everything you want to know. So I did that for a couple of years and um, worked for Amco, worked for their corporate office. Uh, that's, that's a whole other uh, podcast there on that one. <laughs> now I'm working for a, a forklift company in South Jersey, fantastic family owned company. And we, when I started, it was an IT department of two people, just my boss and uh, myself. We've recently acquired a third. So basically my job is whatever the task calls for for that day. So I'll do everything from cable runs, networking, system administration, network administration. Uh, I've done, they put me through school for a little bit of Android programming. So I did uh, some apps there for a little while. Um, more recently, I'm getting into the systems engineer role, doing the cybersecurity and, and information security tasks. And yeah, basically anything they want me to do, it's what I learn and I, I love it. Um, and Not I think really that, great at any of it. And but. I think that's what kind of connected us too, at, uh, because I, I'm kind of in the same position and that's pretty much been the, the length of my career is, you know, there was that joke of, you know, the little power symbol, you know, for turning your computer on and off that little circle symbol. It, it's anything that has that symbol on it is my responsibility. So, yep. <laughs> and networking. Yeah, I wish I had known your friend because it would have saved me thousands of dollars for going through the Net, uh, Cisco Networking Academy because that's actually what my degree is in. It's in network engineering, but I didn't have that friend, so I had to pay <laughs> for it. <laughs> that being said, um, as of late, I you know, you start talking a lot of about bro culture, and that's what we're going to try to tackle tonight. We're going to start trying to talk about fighting bro culture. Um, and before we do that, let's take a couple steps back. Where do you think this type of culture stemmed from? I think it stems from the way the last generation was raised. Uh, that I don't want to say, well, yeah, misogynistic, that male driven ego that as a man, you have to be better. You have to be stronger. It's that toxic masculinity but then it becomes that frat culture as well that, okay, hey, check out that woman over there. You know, those inside jokes and um, it, it just became like, hey, that's what my dad did. That's what I'm supposed to do, you know, and it, it's just the way that we're brought up, the way that we're raised and we need to break that cycle. Right. And I've had a couple um a couple female gamers on the show before. The first one was uh, one by the name of Samurai, and I consider her a good friend. At the time, I was trying to put together a show 
where I wanted to talk about how females get treated on platforms like Twitch. You know, they're streaming games and I would be on there and I would notice the, you know, it's not that hard to notice the difference between how females get treated versus how males get treated. Now, even a young guy, he could be gaming and he could be bad at it or people want to poke fun at him. But that type of razzing he gets is completely different from that type of razzing that she gets because it's always it always tends to be more sexual towards the female and the reason why i had samurai on first was because i again twitter (laughs) came across a tweet where she just randomly said stop calling us girl gamers we're just gamers so i talked to you know i had her on the show and we talked about that and I, i i tried to explain to her about you know, me personally, where I think a lot of that came from is the history of like gaming itself. So I'm old enough to remember when like the first Pong systems came out, the first Atari 2600. Now, when those systems first came out, they were kind of marketed towards families. It was a family thing, you know, you could do together as your family. And we did it first. But then over time, you know, parents don't have time to sit around playing video games. So then it became, it dropped down to the kids. The kids are the ones playing the games. Well, for some reason, and I like to think it's probably because, you know, let's face it, those games back then, even though we consider them classics, they're not really the best games. So I don't think they held the female's attention as much. And I have two older sisters and they did. They, they played and then they stopped. So what happened was it eventually trickled down to where it was just the boys playing. So then any time you had a girl show up who was not only interested, but good at it. Now, guys like me, I was like, oh, wow, check this out. And, you know, I know it sounds misogynistic, but it's like a girl and she's good and she loves it. And I think what happens is a lot of other guys perceive that as a threat. Like, how can this girl come in? You know, because she's a girl. And that's where that girl gamer tag came from, too, is how could this girl beat me? You know, and they used to make movies like that, too. The guy gets beat by a girl. Wow. And there goes the ego. Yep. So you think that's (laughs) accurate? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's not just gaming. It's... I mean, look at the workforce. Like I said, stemming from the older generations, it was, you had gender roles. Men went to work, men went to war, women were in the kitchen, women were in the home. And toys evolved that way as well. So you, like you said, games, they were meant for the whole family, but somewhere down the line, those video games got labeled as a boy toy. Dolls were for girls. If you're a boy, you don't play with dolls. If you're a girl, you don't play with sports. It's it's that whole gender role dynamic there. And like you said, they felt threatened. Once you cross that gender line, once that girl comes into what's typically male territory, male dominated territory, it's a threat to that male ego, especially if that female is better than you. Oh yeah. If she's better, that's the key right there. If she's better than you. And, but for me, and I like to think that I've evolved as, as a person, I hope, and I'm, I work on this all the time. I, I honestly do. I consciously think about this. Um, there are There's going to be people who are better than you. You know, you're not always going to be the best at everything. And it doesn't matter if they're male or female. Just accept the fact that they're better. And if anything, work with them. You know, learn Absolutely. from them. Yeah, learn from them. So that being said, have you ever been in a situation in your professional career where 
you've seen that kind of bro culture treatment of a female in the workplace. And if so, how did you react to that? Yeah, so I, I worked for this company where the sales team uh, was essentially all males, all men. And I saw that bro culture in there for sure. It was the after hours coming to my office. We're going to have beers and, you know, we're going to talk about the females in the office. We're going to judge them, you know, because they're not around. We can talk about them. Right. And that made me extremely uncomfortable. You know, a little while later after working there, we did hire a female in the IT department. Very first day. She's supposed to go over to the other side, set up a couple monitors, what have you. So she's carrying these big boxes and just walking. Um, I'm following behind her with some of the other equipment. This guy stops me and says, aren't you going to carry those for her? Oh my and I just God. looked at him and said, <laughs> does she look like she needs help? Uh, she's she got needs it. Help and she's, she's got it. If she needs help and she asks me for it, absolutely. But until then, I'm going to assume that she's more than capable of doing it. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, that guy didn't last very long because he would constantly come out and say, oh, check out this or, you know, just basically out using all these derogatory names and send this poor girl into tears, eventually calls her to quit. And it's it's so sad to see that kind of behavior because there's no call for it whatsoever. And it, like I said, it comes down to I think he was threatened didn't know how to react, didn't know how to respond to a female in the office and just behave the way that he was raised to be behaved. And I think that's what it is, that it's, it's all in how we're raised, how we're brought up. And uh, I don't know, just, it needs to stop. It needs to change. And the whole dynamic, like I said, of all the sales guys getting together. And if you're uncomfortable with something, say it. Someone makes a crack about a, another person in the office or Call them out on it because going along with it makes you just as responsible as a person who's, you know, perpetuating these stereotypes, these wrongs. And they were just basically objectifying these women. Now, I have to ask, mm -hmm. were you ever in there with them? Did you ever hang out with the boys, as it were? No, never did. Uh, I mean, even if, if they asked me a couple times and even before I knew what was going on in there. I just I never felt comfortable with that kind of situation. I was never one of the guys. I was always that outlier. And even growing up, I want to say like maybe ninety percent of my friends were always girls. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, I, I tended to get along with them better, and uh, we just connected on everything. I bet so, with those guys, you could probably just feel that vibe from them. You could just tell eh, something's not right with these dudes. It's almost <laughs> like the, like you look at them and you're like, yeah, I want to go wash my hands now, just from looking at you. I can tell you're a d bag. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I had one guy who actually brought me his iPhone once, and he's like, "Yo, I think my wife uses the same account on her phone. Is there any way you can set up my phone so she can't see what I have online?" Oh gosh, yeah. I've seen this before too. No, no, I, I'm not getting involved in that. <laughs> and and I've seen it before. And I I told a guy once one of the first people who actually brought that to me, I said, well, why, how about you think about just using your phone as a phone? You know, don't come to me asking me to keep her from seeing stuff you probably shouldn't be doing. How about you just use your phone as a phone? 
right? If you're so worried about what she's going to see, maybe you shouldn't be doing it in the first place. Exactly. And he just walked away. He huffed and puffed. Never mind. I'll ask so-and-so. And And I'm like, okay, well, you know, and he couldn't fire me. So I didn't care. (laughs) Right. Exactly. But you just attacked his masculinity. He can't be one of the boys if he doesn't act like that. Do you love comics, movies, video games, and more? We do too. Join me, Josh Scar, and my cast of colorful co-hosts on Talking Smack. Look for our yellow and red icon on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, and other podcast players. Have you ever had a bad day at work? Well, the Fuck My Work Life podcast is perfect for you. Hosts J and K share listeners' entertaining stories from the workplace, which may have you thinking, you don't have it so bad after all. Find Fuck My Work Life on your favorite podcast platform. Yeah, man, I, I swear. Yeah, people people sometimes. It, it's terrible. Yeah, it is. It's a terrible situation. And it it really disappoints me because, and you know, this ties into so many problems in our society, not even just with, um, you know, the, the different genders. I mean, it goes race. It, it, it's all across the board because I feel it's detrimental to our society because you have people who are absolutely brilliant people, but you're cutting them out for the, because they're different from you. And you look at movies like hidden figures, like we didn't really get taught that in history in school, but we had to find out later that it was actually these black women that were doing the math for NASA to even do what they did. And it's like, well, why would you, why would you cut these people you know what i mean it's like why not and it was incredible math too and what they were doing was no easy feat right so why would you you know consider these people and treat them less than just because they're different from you yeah it's a power thing uh you have to have that control and i mean just look i what i see it was a a tweet from Matt Getz the other day, and he was commenting on the whole Roe versus Wade situation, the Supreme Court that we saw. And his comment was something to the effect of, I bet all the women who are upset about this situation are overeducated and underloved. Hmm. And I'm thinking, the fact that you said overeducated, how can you be overeducated unless you want to limit the education level of certain people so that you can keep them in their so-called place. It's just, it's unbelievable. And people support this. And like, I don't get it. I really don't. Well, I will tell you that, uh, I, I saw a lot of the fallout from that. And, um, a lot of women especially were tweeting things like, can you tell me at what point that you realize you were overeducated? You know, um, yeah, there's, there's, unfortunately, there's been a lot of, uh, even in the podcast community, there was something that happened yesterday that I'm still trying to, I'm trying to figure out why a person, and unfortunately, yet again, a man, why would you say something like this? And of course, he tried to backtrack. He ended up deleting the tweet. And then he ended up saying, I'm going to take a break from Twitter. It's like, you just can't. <laughs> I, I, I often feel like these people, they don't think before they speak. And I think you touched on it earlier, too, when you said they've just been brought up this way to believe, well, this is how I'm supposed to act as a quote unquote man. Yeah, brought up 
by parents, grandparents, society, movies, TV shows. It's like you said, you've got that movie where the woman comes in, beats the man, and all of a sudden he's got to be shamed. He's not masculine. He's not he's not a man anymore just because he lost something. Now, and then on a personal level, and I know I know the answer to this, but for the sake of the conversation, do you feel threatened by a woman who you may think is more intelligent than you? And have you ever had a, a female boss before? I have never had a female boss. And I see that as a problem, first of all, because I've worked in companies where the man who was in charge clearly should not have been in that position. We see that the all person the time. Underneath him absolutely should have had his job and it, it just baffles me. But do I feel threatened by somebody or a female in particular who's smarter than me? Absolutely not. Because her being smarter than me or not smarter than me has no bearing on how smart I am. And if she's smarter than me in something that I need to know, now I've got a great resource that I can go to, hopefully. Exactly. I've had a couple female bosses and very dynamic people. Um, and they're still friends to this day. And I worked with them. Oh, it was about 10 or 15 years ago, but we still stay in contact. Um, and mainly because of what you just said, I, I looked to them as resources. I mean, the, the things they knew, especially I started at the company I was working at with them, they were already there. So, you know, they trained me, first of all, to work at that company and then just, you know, I just admired what they were doing. You know, I admire their intelligence and I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to keep looking to you for, you know, I throw what spitball little stupid questions at them. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, you're a resource. That's what a resource is all about. So, so let's talk about fighting it. Let's talk about fighting bro culture. Cause I think maybe, you know, we're, we're kind of, we're kind of harping on the guys a lot. You know, maybe a lot of guys sometimes don't realize some of the things they're doing are actually fitting into that culture. What are some of those things that you think that maybe a guy is doing something, he doesn't really realize it, but what's something you would say, hey man, did you know that when you do this, that's actually feeding into this negative culture? Yeah, I mean, you, you gotta call them out. And I try not to do it publicly. I, you see a lot on Twitter, um, a lot of the back and forth. Someone will comment, then you've got that male perspective of, well, not all men. Well, no, we know it's not all men who are doing this. But the fact that you comment, well, not all men, you're getting defensive. You're attacking the female who's posting when really what you should be doing is, uh, yeah, agree. Yes, there are men that do this and let's talk to them about it. You know, So when I see something like that, I'll DM the person, you know, it's like, Hey, maybe you shouldn't have posted this, but I won't do it in a public forum because then they're just going to get more defensive and you're kind of like negatively reinforcing their behavior. I mean, if you want to change it, it's got to be one-on-one, -on -one. it's got to be gradual, but more than that, you got to be a, an influence. You know, you've got to be that change that you want to see. Like they say that those videos that I, I do in the mornings, I try to do every morning, those, little tacky positivity videos that I throw up there. Somebody called you, what was it? The Mr. Mr. Rogers, the Mr. Rogers of InfoSec. Okay. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. Those videos uh, you were saying. Yeah. I mean, it's, 
I just try to be an example of what I want to see out there and hoping that people see these videos that they get passed around and say, oh, you know what? Maybe I don't have to be like that. Maybe it's okay to be equal to somebody else or even inferior to somebody else in certain regards and still not be an inferior person. That I can still be me and that I can still have value even though someone else has value too. We can all have value. You know, um, just because women bring more to the table in some areas or the other doesn't detract from what you bring to the table. And if we can see these differences and realize like, you know, growing up, I played Dungeons and Dragons, you know, I think most nerds did. And what you realize playing that is, okay, maybe when you start, you want to be the cool character. You want to be the fighter, the strong guy. But as those adventures go on, the more you play, you realize you need a balanced team. And that team needs to be diverse. Everybody's got some skill that they bring to the table. And that's what I want to see out there. That's what I want to see as far as these communities go, that we need to realize we're all diverse. We all bring something different to the table. And being different makes us stronger, not weaker. And and er, that's, that's great. And earlier you said something that it, I think really illustrates what the biggest problem is. It's power when someone feels their power is being threatened and you know i often tell people you know just let go of that you know i know change is hard but you don't have to be the most powerful person in the room you know just you know like you said everyone brings different skills and it doesn't matter what their gender is what their color is what their nationality is everyone brings different skill sets and you need to appreciate that and embrace it and and use it because it helps us all along the way because we all got to live here together. Yep. Yeah. So don't just try to cut one group out or make someone else feel inferior. So another question along that line about fighting bro culture. So on the flip side of that, and this may be a little bit trickier for you to answer, to answer and if you can't, that's fine. So, you know, we see something happen to to a female and when you see that sort of thing let's say a guy's just talking down to her or whatever especially in the tech community what do you go to her and say that is, that is a little tougher to answer it's if i'm seeing it i, I try not to step in first of all um because I, I don't want to assume that she needs somebody to defend her Right. Yeah. You know, so let her defend herself. But after the fact, maybe go back in private, ask her, you know, is she okay? How does she feel about it? Is there anything I can do? You know, I don't want to assume that she needs me, that she needs me to do anything in particular for her. But I also want her to know that I am here if she needs a resource, if she just needs somebody to listen to. Um, and I say that all the time out there too. My DMs are always open to everybody if you just need someone to talk. And I, I think just being there to listen sometimes is more important than jumping in and acting like that knight in, you know, shining armor there. <laughs> right. Like, I got you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I got your back. But, you know, sometimes, and I will admit, sometimes I will jump in. I'm like, because I'll call somebody out. I'm like, look, man, don't, don't talk to somebody like that. Cause, and I don't make it a don't talk to her like that. Because a lot of times, in my opinion, a lot of the ugliness you see, it's people against people. And I just yeah. say, you don't talk to people like that. 
I don't care who it is. You don't talk to someone like that. You don't belittle someone like that. Don't belate, berate people. That's a human being. You know, humans need to learn to treat humans like humans. That's the frustrating part for me personally. <laughs> so we, we also see this stuff going on in the upper levels. Like, um, I don't know if you've been paying attention to what's been going on with Activision, you know, the Activision Blizzard thing. That's that really brought the whole bro culture thing to light once again, unfortunately. And now New York City is suing Activision and specifically the CEO. What would you think would be something that um, from a legislative side, what should they start doing about companies that just let these kind of cultures fester until it bubbles up like it did with Activision? What would be your opinion on that? That's a tricky situation, isn't it? I mean, you'd like to see maybe some more oversight, some more resources for people. Like you've got the anonymous whistleblower hotlines and stuff like that. But I guess a lot of people, even with the, the anonymity still feel like their job is threatened, you know? So how, how do you legislate fines obviously, but then you've got these huge companies like Activision that can just absorb those into their bottom line. It, you know, it's a slap on the wrist for them. Um, stricter punishments i guess for the the management I'd, what can you do if it's a privately held company what can you know what can the government actually do to step in aside from trying to protect that individual and trying to protect their job and i feel like then they get that scarlet letter put on them too yeah, yeah. and i know that that's a that's a very tough question to answer i honestly don't have an answer either because then it's like to me, it's it's almost like you got to punish them retroactively at that point, because once it comes out, it's, you know, well, how many years has this been, been going on? Well, we got to think of some sort of uh, punishment that goes back over those years. So I don't know either. You know, it's a, I asked that question because, you know, I thought, you know, I ask you, maybe you're smarter than me over it. So. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you would have a better answer than me. <laughs> Unfortunately, I guess I don't. Not this time. <laughs> but it's definitely something to think about. And they've got to be held accountable. And they've got to be held accountable in a public public venue. You know, we need to make it known that there this is going on and not this closed doors litigation. You did this, here's your golden parachute, but we're gonna write up a news article that, hey, you retired gracefully and quietly and stepped aside because that's not what happened. So nope. yeah, I think we need to make things public. You know, if we can, I hate to say it, but public shaming works. When and, it comes to big companies, you know, I think it does. When it comes, absolutely. Yeah, you gotta let let everybody know because then that sets the precedent for the companies behind them. Is like this is what'll happen if you you know you keep letting this go. We're gonna do the same thing to you, basically. Well, we won't keep you too much longer. You you gotta go be with the family. Before we go, though, how can everyone connect to you? And and what are some of the things you're working on? Because I noticed, like you said at the beginning, yes, you are a bit of a renaissance, man. You got a little <laughs> bit of everything going on, some artwork. Yeah, I started getting into art. I mean, I've always loved art, but my problem has always been that I can see it in here, but I can never get it out here. Same. And uh, <laughs> I've recently discovered this digital art pad. And with that in Photoshop, it's like, hey, now I can make those mistakes and I can go back and correct them. So now 
I can actually get out what's in here now and share it with everybody else. That's awesome. And again, what what's the best way for people to connect with you? How can they find you? Uh, easiest way to find me is on Twitter at retweetableN14. It's a silly name. Uh, I know because when I decided to get on Twitter, I thought Twitter was a joke, honestly. And so I treated it like that. And then last year, I started following some people at DEF CON and interacting with them. And next thing you know, I went from 48 followers to almost 1,200 followers in less than a year. <laughs> and it's too late to change it now. So I'm stuck with it. Yeah, you're stuck with it. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that just real quick. The Twitter is a joke thing. This is always my stance on all of social media. People always talk about how horrible it is, everything's terrible. I tell people this all the time it is what you make it. You know, everybody yeah. tries to demonize those algorithms. Those algorithms are doing exactly what you want them to do because they only pattern your behavior. I personally treat social media like a party. Everything I do on social media is the same thing I would do if I went to a party in real life. I'm not going to a party in real life and talk about politics personally. I'm not going to, pol to a party and ask everybody, hey, what's the latest news headline? What kind of party is that? So, <laughs> so when you say Twitter is a joke, in a way, I agree with you. That's how I treat it. Not, you know, joke as in, I'm just there to have fun personally myself. And that's yeah, it's that. a good place to hang out. Absolutely. I mean, Facebook for me is just a place to keep in touch with family. Yeah. And Twitter is where I met my community, my people. It's, uh, it's weird. That, it's a weird feeling that I found a place where I feel like I actually belong now. People that get me that are like-minded and, you know, that I can learn from. And that's always been the most important thing to me is I can connect with people that I've heard on podcasts and it's like, Oh, Nicole Beckwith. It's like, <laughs> I heard you on Darknet diaries and now I'm actually talking to you. I'm hanging out with you on zoom on right. Saturday nights, playing card games. It's, it's crazy to think that we can reach out and meet people from all over the world. I get to hang out with you and I get to be on a podcast. It's something I never thought would actually happen. And I've rambled a lot and hopefully this is entertaining for your viewers and your listeners but I've had a lot of fun. Hey, and let's keep fighting that bro culture. I, I, I agree with it 100% because like I said, I believe that, you know, you just treat people like people. That's, that's really all that matters. All that's right, all Robert, it comes down to. I'll let you go ahead and go be with your family. I got some rumblings upstairs myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, I like to always tell people, if you want to get a hold of us, just go to voluntaryinput.com and that's where you can find all the ways you can listen to the show and there you can also select contact us if you have any questions comments show ideas and if you'd like to be a guest on the show do like robert did just select register as a guest because we're always looking for great guests like you all right sir well you have you enjoy the rest of your evening and uh buckle down for those storms that are heading your way because they were pretty rough here will do leo thanks for having me all it's right been great you're welcome back anytime we'll see you Take care. Take it easy. Bye-bye.